0: Namaste and welcome. Let's start the prayer. Yeah? Oh, mm-hmm. sahana babhutu, sahana bhutu, sahavi tiryaam, karavi mm-hmm.
1: tiryaam,
0: so good morning and good evening, everyone. And uh, I think it was... Uh, a lot of uh, revision the, the, this week i guess for all of us so a uh, couple of things that i found pretty interesting one was uh, the insights that uh, you know we wrote there and of course also when we when i revised i realized the need for us to define some of the keywords that were that were used and i tried to do that so, uh, so we can start wherever anybody can start and we can go whichever way that we want to go so maybe i can just open up this forum and say okay hey you know you read the read the six chapters together the last few weeks and we revised it this week so does anyone uh, want to share what they missed the first time that uh, caught their attention this time that made sense to them more
2: Yeah, start and um, So for me, what was it was it's been like a crash course the last couple of weeks. So I had my first revision within a week, and then I had two weeks, and then I've had another quick review, which has in a sense been good because I think it was all still fresh what I had read in the beginning. And um, for me, I think the key things that I took, and I'll give you both what I was easy for me to kind of comprehend and what i found extremely challenging where i had to keep rereading again was the for me it was the concept of this who am i which was really tough and then of course the happiness one for me was a lot easier uh, for me to kind of get an to see how to actually live that was quite quite good for me to relate and um, I just find as this is just an observation the examples that the book has are beautiful which I realized after talking to Alpana that it's pretty much a set of examples that can be related to you know across several concepts which I'm wasn't aware but I just find the way the book has been written and some of the just when I think I'm getting lost in my comprehension, an example comes up and I really enjoy then delving into, you know, getting a better understanding. So that's been my observation as an overall kind of sit, uh, note. But for me, the most important thing is just accepting the now. I find that to be... I'm hope you know, just making it more like uh, all the time. Not challenging things, but I'm not saying just kind of giving up and going uh, relaxed manner kind of thing with life. But definitely for me, I think just accepting the now makes it all a lot easier. More because I think I have my daughter still stuck in the States. I don't know whether she calls herself stuck or I call it stuck. But uh, she's just not being here um, with us, I think. And also the fact that we can't leave. Airports are closed and just being able to accept it now and making the most of it has been really nice and so it's very timely that I've joined this discussion or asked reading this text
0: that's a very nice uh, practical application of the knowledge that you're gaining
2: yeah I hope so
0: (laughs) (laughs) thank you anybody else?
3: So, so, so for me, uh, I think reading the six chapters all over again was 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 very uh, a lot kind of more relatable, if you will. Having read it once, reread and understand some of the concepts that went, you know, over your head at that time. Um, It was a great sort of uh, just reading, reading it all together, all 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 at once. Uh, I have like slightly actually the opposite of what uh, what Anandamma said I am a lot more able to relate to who am I um, and a lot of it has got to do with the fact that I've read that chapter a few times and I've read a bit more, listened to uh, Swami uh, Yananda uh, uh, he's got some several interesting videos so I think my, my concept of understanding of the I is a lot a lot better, I think. Uh, the happiness thing is a little bit—I uh, don't know how to apply it in in practice, and that's something which I'm still sort of uh, maturing in my mind. Uh, interesting that I use the word—you know—maturing it in my mind. So, I and the mind and which which is. Which is <laughs> uh, but yeah, I think. Uh, uh but i think yeah i think the the happiness thing is um is interesting but i don't fully
0: uh, i don't really get it right. okay the, the question is uh, do you do you do you get agitated by the fact that you don't get it as fully as what you expected or you're you're okay and you it, it's going to come to you
3: okay i'm okay i mean I, I i think you know i think some of the some of the readings uh have come, some, some of the some insights have come to me over time and yeah. I'm okay with that. I think I like the pace of how we're going about it and I sometimes feel like I want to, you know, understand it better, but no, I,
0: I don't want to get ahead of it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I actually find the weekly pace a little too hectic. Well, yeah, maybe,
3: yeah. I mean, you do know, that. I spent like do a couple of... I spent a couple of hours la- last night just in kind of preparation for today. As in, like I just wanted to clear my head before being busy. So, yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's okay. I think given given the, uh, the lockdown, I think it's fine.
0: Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Achai. Anybody else?
4: So, I can say a few words. Uh, I had earlier missed the bi-weekly discussion when we discussed uh, on Chapter 4. So I read the chapter 4 again this morning and what I found very interesting was they talk about our limitations, what our limitations are uh, and are they real or not, if we are our limitations or not. Limitations like limitations of uh, sorrow, limitations of mortality and limitations of uh, ignorance. So it talks, it says that we are not our limitations. Most of the time, limitations, uh, there are two types of limitations. Are the limitations legitimate or illegitimate? Illegitimate like if there is a snake on the road, you you know that there is a snake on the road, so you can take an action with that limitation. That becomes a legitimate limitation. But if one thinks that there is a rope and considers that rope to be a snake, and you know, then passes around it so that becomes an illegitimate limitation so what do you do? so at that time, you have when there is an illegitimate limitation then you have to increase your knowledge about that fact that there is not a snake, uh, but a rope there so you have to increase your knowledge about that limitation uh, so that's when you can overcome that limitation so these, these things I found very new and I mean, the first time we the discussion and so you know, it went very well with me like, you know, oftentimes we are limited by a number of reasons in our life to take certain action or not to take certain action. Most of the time it happens that we are limited because we do not have the knowledge about it. That's why, you know, we think this way or that way. But once our knowledge becomes more clear or more about it, then we can channelize our action, or path accordingly.
0: Very well said, uh, Sonali. And I think, uh, you know, I want all of us to remember this. And uh, I know Alpana Kishore, you will you will agree to this if I say, you know, there are some beautiful examples that we will come across in the book. And this example of rope and serpent is very very famous in this topic. It's actually called as Vedanta Vedanta Sarpa. Okay, Sarpa is snake and Vedanta is Vedanta snake. So, so it's a Vedantic snake. It's not a real snake, and that's an example that will keep on coming to clarify that you know there are some illegitimate problems that we will keep facing, but we will have to, you know, change our vision of what we see for us to get over the problem. Right. Gain yeah.
4: more knowledge about it. Try to you know understand and analyze the problem, maybe before we actually consider it to be a problem.
0: Right, right. Thank you. Rajan, VP.
3: Actually, for me, it was the first time I was reading chapters, you know. And all six at one go, it was a bit too heavy for me. By the time, you know, I was trying to understand the first chapter, Luckily you you asked the right question.
1: What is the difference
3: between the fundamental problem and the topical problem?
1: So,
3: the book, uh, after
1: uh, I was
3: reading the first chapter, and it is uh, so very well explained in the book, one of the paragraphs which struck me was, you know, all topical problems can be handled better if we have solved the fundamental problem. That's the core of the...
0: Uh, I think I'm going to mute myself. I don't know where the noise is coming from, probably from me. The-
2: I can't hear. I can't hear anyone now.
0: Rajan, go ahead. Yeah. So mm,
3: the the we were talking about the the fundamental problems.
0: Yeah. Okay. Thank you, Rajan.
1: VP,
5: are you trying to say
1: something? No, no your I audio is uh, right. terrible.
2: I can't hear VP.
0: Not at all.
1: It's
0: like pressure cooker going on.
3: Your voice is barely audible, VPN. there's a lot of disturbance in the background.
1: Yeah.
0: No, no. No, VP. You might want to log off and log back in again. Okay. While we wait for uh, uh maybe Kito Alpana, want to share your thoughts on the revision what you went through.
6: Yeah, it's uh, in terms of you know it, it lays out really the, the the fundamental human problem as far as uh, and it's something that all of us face. Um, and if you if you really do this cause effect analysis, then I think we'll end up with the the fundamental problem, right? And uh, all the topical problems can be um, what do you say? By, by doing the cost-effect analysis you can reach the fundamental problem and then by solving that fundamental problem once and for all then there are uh, then you you're provided a framework with which you can solve all the topical problems right so that's that's how um uh, you know i i i see it and and then it seems you know what the fundamental problems are right in terms of the limitations and, and,
0: and then goes from there, right? So... Uh, Sorry, VP, still the same problem with your audio?
6: Is it possible to, uh, for VP to call in rather than use the uh, WebEx? I don't know if that'll help. I, I did the same. Mm-hmm. I had some issues with audio and then I, I had to do the same. Yeah, it's it's um, it's also interesting how the uh, the who am I is laid out and how the knowledge of and how that is so fundamental to actually solving the fundamental problem uh, and, and with, with which you can solve all the uh, topical problems. So it kind of, uh, 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 you know, comes down to that. Um, but then I think to understand that, we are, we are all in the path of understanding that, but then it... Uh, uh, you know there are so many prerequisites to, uh, so that we can acquire that knowledge more um, we'll be eligible to acquire that knowledge let's put it that way right? so, so and now I, I think the problem has been laid out the uh, overall solution has been laid out in the sense that by, by claiming ourselves to be the self rather than the mind body we can, uh, we can transcend the topical problems and once and for all and then fix the fundamental problem. So, the uh, the higher level solution has been laid out, right? So the problem statement and a high level solution, and now uh, we're kind of going towards the how part, uh, which would obviously list out a lot of the pre prerequisites so that we can attain that um, attain that solution, right? So, um, yeah, framing it in a different way, uh, uh, the way I um, I understand it is. Uh, is in this format uh, as a process
0: nice thank you Alpana?
5: you know i went through the, the chapters uh, a little bit uh, again um i did go through it when when we discussed it with anu so we asked this two weeks ago i had gone through those chapters again and i think uh, re-reading it uh, re-emphasizes some of the points, and uh, you know, probably one I I sort of experienced in last one week was uh, you know the stillness of mind. If the mind is agitated, the um, I think uh, that's where my comment on your suk book and happiness is different came. So. So what happened is during this lockdown, a lot of puzzles were getting posted right on various websites, and I just got into this vicious circle of solving one after the other, and um, it it agitated the mind in the sense uh, maybe the anxiousness to get the answer, whether the answer is correct or not, and um, so it was not that I was booky because you know and that's where i was trying to differentiate but the bliss was missing so so bliss and suk suk and dukh are opposite of each other right so if you are not suffering you may be in comfort but you may not be in bliss so that i think that's where my my that's that comment on the definition of words was was stemming from and i I did realize that even though we can keep saying that remove the suffering, but that may still not give you the bliss. Uh, I think that that point was one which uh, I wanted to highlight that um, you may be suki, but you may not be in in bliss, and that sort of explains you know that even the rich may not be they they may have the comfort. And they may also not have the suffering or certain, you know, agitation that on a day to day normal people have of bringing the bread on the table, etc. Yet they may not be, you know, in bliss. I don't know whether it makes sense or not. No, no, it,
0: it, it makes a lot of sense because I think, uh, uh, I think what you're, what you're saying is that uh, there is indeed a higher state of. "Quote unquote, infinite happiness or infinite sukh, that you know, that everybody may not access to unless and until they go through a particular path. The rest of the people, you know, we may experience some minute pieces of bits and pieces of it in our daily lives, but that's not that's not the end of all.
5: Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So that stillness of mind, and probably that's where I related to your insight about vegetarian and non-vegetarian. To me. Non-vegetarian food, even garlic, onion, uh, very spicy food, it creates agitation in the mind. So if you, you 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 can't experience the bliss in that state of mind. So so yeah, even sure, beyond. Medicine, yeah. yeah. Yeah.
4: Very. I know what you're saying. Making a lot of sense. Like, uh, so I I have a little bit doubt here so what is important like is comfort being comfortable more important or being in a state of bliss more important i'm saying like giving a very similar example like to the puzzles example that you gave like if i'm not into facebook my mind is still i'm in a very comfortable state of mind very comfortable with myself but you know recently i realized when i'm seeing facebook So many messages, so many information, you know, my mind, you know, trying to go through so much of information and this and that. My mind is getting very agitated, a lot of chatter in my mind. So mind is getting very agitated. At the same time, I'm very happy, very bliss. Because there there is, from this information, I'm getting a lot of joy. Okay, so I'm a little bit, like, confused here. You know, although I'm getting a lot of bliss or joy from those information, that's why, you know, I'm seeing it continuously. You know, I kind of got addicted to Facebook, you know, I can't live away. It's, uh, you know, actually, I'm seeing my phone, I open Facebook, I can't continuously go, you know, keep scrolling and scrolling because it gives me instant yeah. gratification. You know, so yeah. I'm kind of in a very blissful state. But at the same time, I'm not comfortable with myself because I'm, my mental state is very agitated, like there's a lot of chatter in my mind, my mind is not still, I'm not comfortable, so like I'm little bit, you know, contradicting from yourself, I'm not talking comfort like physical comfort, you know, material positions or things like that, Comfort in the state of mind, I'm not comfortable in my state of mind, because my mind is constantly, you know, hopping from one thing to another, in terms of knowledge, information, Whatever pictures, whatever it may be, you know. Great. So yes, yeah. yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. one thing I thought like maybe I should keep my phone away in a different room. So as soon as I see my phone, I immediately, you know, if I'm watching my TV, within after five minutes I'll check my phone. After five minutes I'll check my phone. So you know that was that had kind of become a habit for me. So now I say, okay, let me keep my phone in, the last two days I'm practicing, keep my phone in a different room, so that I don't, because if somebody's calling me, I can always hear the ring. You know, I need not keep myself, you know, because a lot of time is also getting wasted. So start getting to, you know, spend that time in a productive manner also. Other than, you know, not being in a very comfortable state of mind
0: yeah right. these are uh, I wanted to share and and, and uh, Sonali really thanks because that, that was leading into what I was going to summarize as my learning when I was revising the whole thing Right. Uh, one of the things that struck me which I tried to understand a little better was this connection between attachment and happiness okay attachment dependence and happiness let me put it that way so uh, you know, and your, your, your example of Facebook and the way that you described uh, uh, really, really dovetails pretty well into what I was about to, uh, what I was trying to articulate, right? So here is, the, here is the thing what struck me. What struck me was that for us to derive happiness with anything, let, let's say, uh, any material things or even uh, things like, you know, looking into Facebook or, you know, solving a puzzle or anything, that's all fine. It's absolutely okay. As long as we are not dependent on it, but if we become dependent on it, then it has taken control over us rather than we being in control over them.
4: Exactly. Exactly.
0: Okay. And then, then the point is, then, then the point is, even at that time, intellectually, we know that it is not the right thing for me to do because, like what you articulated, I'm wasting a lot of time, and uh, you know, my mind is agitated and all that. But the point is. You can't stop yourself after some time when you realize that the dependence has become so high on that attachment. Yeah. Right? And before, first of all, before we get to that stage, we got to stop ourselves. But if we have gotten to that stage, then we have to consciously figure out to slowly weaning ourselves away from it. And what you're doing is the right thing in terms of, you know, keeping the phone away and, you know, delaying the gratification of that ping and not seeing it and then uh, waiting for it after some time to go and over a period of time, you will have to get off. I mean, uh, I know uh, I know several people uh, who have completely gotten off Facebook uh, or any other social media exactly for this reason.
4: But you know, there are a lot of good points also, you see, because this is like especially yeah. during the times of, you know, social, uh, sorry, this lockdown period, you're not really connected with a lot of your friends and family. That's the time when you get to hear up from them also, from your friends and family to know, you know, how they're spending their time or, you know, seeing their pictures, what they're doing and, you know, what their thoughts are on a particular topic or, you know, lots of information also you do get, which are quite valuable. So maybe, you know, some discipline is needed. Exactly.
0: Exactly.
4: Maybe, you you fix the time like, okay, this is going to be my time for Facebook you know
1: like and half
0: an hour one hour whatever it may be yeah go ahead
6: kishore yeah um just a a few points thanks for sharing that and this is something i've been thinking about too i I quit facebook around three and a half years ago uh uh, once i started going down this path basically uh and i was very very active before that uh i must say uh also uh so i, I kind of uh, very much recognize uh, or identify with what you just said um the way uh, i've seen it uh, happen for me and just by reading and i understand this, this is how it works is basically as we start doing things when we repeatedly do certain things um as we know it becomes a habit right so whether it's you know getting up and uh, getting up in the morning and the first thing going after the phone and then checking certain things you know that's become a habit for a lot of us um, or going to facebook every now and then or yeah, very very frequently now when the habit is performed over a period of time that starts going deeper into our subconscious in a way that now it's become our nature right now it's, it's kind of affecting our nature at this point so at which point it's become an addiction, right? So, addiction for me is defined as something where if you want it, you you know, if you want to get rid of it, you cannot easily mean off of it, right? So, if if I'm addicted to, uh, let's say, coffee, uh, if, can I tell myself that, hey, for the next three days, I I want to quit coffee, can I I do that, right? So, if I have, uh, if I'm able to do that, then I'm probably not addicted or it's not reached that stage yet, but, uh, at least for me it, it felt like I was getting addicted and I, I didn't want to be
1: um,
6: so one So, I, we'll have to see where each of us you know uh, in this case where you are in that spectrum of going from uh, just, a, uh, just something that you do repeatedly to habit or is it now become sort of an addiction right for many many, many of us we uh, end up being there getting there now um uh, the, so that is one thing uh, so to, but to, to the previous point which is um, I, you feel happy when you're going through some things you're looking at photos of relatives and other things and it's giving you uh, I, do, uh, I don't know if it's giving you bliss right? it, it, it's probably giving you momentary uh, uh, kind of uh, peaks, a little bit of happiness here, a little bit of something else there and then it, it, it's up and down, right? You might see something else somewhere else I think it just keeps pushing you up and down quite a bit, or at least that's how I noticed it. It's like, um, and that's causing a lot of mental agitation, at the end of which, I'm pretty sure if you take a person who spends, let's say, two people, have one person um, spend one hour on Facebook and social media in general, one whole hour. The other person, let's say, is um, is meditating. At the end of both of that our we can probably see we can very clearly see that the person meditating is probably going to have a lot more energy right or even somebody who is uh, who is um, uh, composing music or involved in one activity in a flow state so all if you compare all three um, I, I'm pretty sure the person who's meditating is going to be the most energized at the end of it just because the mental agitation is not there so um so in other words, there is a lot of prana or the energy being used in the mental education, which is not there in meditation. Um, so that prana is available for you at the end of that one hour, let's say, that is available to you and that's been given back to you, right? So that's not being used up. So,
0: awesome. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So I think uh, that's great. So, and, uh, it's so- it's not- yeah, we can hear you. Go ahead,
7: PP. And is there still background noise or that's not there?
0: No, no. No, no, it is okay. not
1: there.
7: Go ahead. Okay. All right. So, um, I, I think uh, for me, you know, chapter 1 to chapter 5 were much easier to, you know, understand and assimilate. I think I'm having more challenges with chapter 6. Like this, this whole notion of this happiness is lack of desires, right? So, that's where... I am not able to, you know, uh, understand that concept because we always have desires. We always want to eat, you know, something nice, or we want to do something good. So, so that whole notion that you have to give up all these desires is something I have to reflect a little bit uh, more on. Um, but you know, I think what I'm enjoying is that from the time we have started, I think there's a lot of uh, stuff happening beyond these. Group discussions, which is very helpful, like the videos Raja posted or what he shows articles. So I think it's starting to you know come together. But for me personally, I think I'm still, I think I'll have to go back and read chapter six again because that's something I'm still stuck at. So if you guys have any comments on on this whole notion of happiness is lack of desires, like right, uh, desires, I think that would be very helpful.
0: Yeah. So uh, VP, I, I have a I have a suggestion for you there. Actually. Um, it's uh, uh, it's very easy to uh, to uh, you know get an intuitive gut feel for that. Okay, the way that I implemented this in in my own life was, uh, you know, I have a very uh, uh, what do you call it a uh, 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 craving for sweets. Okay, and uh, over a period of time, for me, eating sweets, eating you know, great uh, you know, different types of sweets was pleasurable, and that was. You know, giving me happy making me happy. Okay. But over a period of time somehow it struck me that, you know, I'm at that age now where I need to stop eating the sweets. But at the same time it is very hard for me to wean away from it. Okay? And still say, okay, if I if I if I wean away from myself from that, then maybe I lose my happiness, right? But then consciously I've been trying to eliminate sweets one at a time. Okay? And then getting a gut level check whether it is I'm feeling a lot better in terms of my happiness quotient or not and what I'm trying to tell you is when I did that exercise okay where I've reduced my desire I'm, I'm using the words in the textbook where I've reduced my desire for desirable things like sweets in that aspect I'm actually finding myself better that I'm more happier and more contented that I'm not eating of sweets so you have to try it
6: Well, so, I, I think the question still remains, I think, right? Um,
1: yeah,
6: exactly. Should, uh, should you reduce the desire for, for different things?
3: To to add to this discussion, not all the desires are, you know, in the sense, you know, sweet example might not be the most adequate here to yeah, yeah. explain desires. Yeah. Right.
0: Agreed. Right. Agreed.
3: So,
6: we we might be uh, going a a little ahead here, but um, I think, uh, sorry, uh, okay, uh, can you hear me? Okay, so one way to think about this, Rajesh, and I'm not going to delve into it in detail, but uh, one way I understand it basically is desires are okay as long as they are non-binding, right? In the sense um when i say non-binding uh, and I think this is a word that will keep coming up in the following chapters but uh, non-binding in the sense if it happens right you know we if we do something and then we um, that is that expectation of a positive outcome and but uh, but if we are able to do something for its pure intrinsic value without having that expectation of the positive outcome Right, um, and if you are able to do that, uh, that would it put you in a very non-binding state, and uh, it wouldn't be um, uh, it, it wouldn't be uh, in it wouldn't be hurtful in the same way, right, as when there is expectation of a certain outcome, and because the outcome is dependent on so many factors, and very very few of those factors are actually controlled by us. Um, uh, as an individual, there are probably infinite number of factors that are at play. Uh, we we'll know that we know that more than anything else right now, right? So there, there are many, for instance, uh, uh, we know of families that have planned weddings in April and May and so on that has been planned six months ago. And no matter how much you have planned, it doesn't matter now. It doesn't, it's not going to happen, right? So yeah, I, I think COVID has taught us more than anything else that there are times when things happen uh, that are way beyond our control and uh, so the positive outcome that we expect may not uh, you know that's probably not the right way to do it right so if you are able to do that without expectation then then that work or whatever we do ends up being binding right so if the positive outcome happens you accept it if it doesn't happen you accept that too right so if you are able to do that then desires are okay is how I I understand
2: you're so right uh, Kishore for me um, I just want to add to what Kishore's been saying I think a lot of the times it's a bit like what the book says it's about us saying if we want to get happiness or our desires you know we always say that if I did this like in in your article Kishore you, you say if I did it then I'll have happiness I think a lot of the times if we ask ourselves if I didn't have this or if I didn't attain it as we have expected Can I still be, is it going to make such a huge impact in my life that I'm going to be unhappy or uh, not at peace? And a lot of the times I feel that we can answer that question. If I didn't have it, it's going to be okay. And I think when, uh, sometimes when we, um, maybe not for everything, but for a lot of the things that we are, you know, we want to be happy, whether it's sweets or buy something or go somewhere um, if we didn't do it it's not going to be the end of the world for us and I think that sometimes just stopping asking ourselves that question the other way around like the way we've discussed about what is the self or what is happiness it is not this it is not this it is not this if we just did the other question to ourselves I think it sometimes helps in making peace or Maybe accepting in a sense, but you know, I feel sometimes yeah. we have all these words that are defined by the dictionary so different from right. when you actually <laughs> want to express what you're saying. No. I don't mean accepting as in just being lax about no. it or just
6: correct, you know, exactly. I, yeah.
2: yeah,
1: so, so right. something. yeah,
2: Viti, are you saying you don't
5: understand that absence of desires will lead to happiness or? you are able to accept that you can be desireless or either of these two
7: No, my, my dilemma is that you are naturally going to have desires um, and if the book is saying that you know, happiness will come when you don't have any of those desires um, it seems a very, either I'm not getting the concept or it seems very unachievable
5: Okay so, so yeah, so, so there are people
7: who are desireless,
5: do you agree with that?
7: Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, probably sadhus in the Himalayas are probably closer mm. <laughs> to that street than most of us.
5: Actually not really, even if you look at some of grandmoms at home, <laughs> they may be desireless. Oh, <laughs> that's true,
7: that, that's a very really good point. Yes. Yeah.
5: Right, so I think what I was trying to come to a point is, Do you think everyone has same desires? Meaning the super set of desires for everyone is it same?
7: No, of course not.
5: Not right? So that means there are some people who don't have that desire that you have. So they can be like that, right? Uh So that means it is possible to have no desires because there are some people who don't have that desire. Okay, forget about no desire at all, but there are people who don't have that particular desire that you have, right?
7: Yeah, no, I understand you're saying. Let's say I have a basket of ten desires, and person A will not have desire one. Person B will not have desire two in my basket, and therefore, if they don't have it, I shouldn't have it, and therefore, my basket. No, no, no!
5: Be- I shouldn't. No, you you may not have it. I'm not saying you shouldn't have it, but you mean you 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 can be without them, because there are people who are without that desire, right?
1: Yes, but mm.
5: that's the whole point. To, yeah, the point I'm trying to dr- drive to is that we don't have certain desires, because sometimes we feel we've been there and done that. Yes, that's true. but, yeah, but I was also trying to get that, um,
1: like, yeah.
4: do you think with each our desires, diminish? Because maybe when we are younger, we have a lot of desires to get this, get that, achieve this, achieve that. But with age, you know, they turn to be not so important. Uh, Like like the example of grandmother you said, you know? A grandmother probably has gone through all those stages of life and has achieved whatever she had to achieve. And it's now very content. She doesn't have any more desires. But can you say the same thing for a person? Like we are 50s now. You know, so maybe at this age we can talk we can of you know, not having as many desires as we had when we were in our twenties or thirties. Yeah. So I think I
5: wanted
4: to give a personal example. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. So I'm mean, it's that like age dependent thing. Yeah, so what I do mean, you think? At 20, twenty, at twenty if you don't have desire means you are happy, I would say. You know? But at fifty I can say a lot of my desires have gone have diminished like I'm like okay I've given up you know but at 20s I'm sure a lot of people at that age will have a you know a, maybe a lot
5: of subset of in the whole basket of desires correct right. so I think what has personally helped me to have lesser desires is a strong conviction that we've taken more than million words in in the life cycle of our soul and we've been from Indra to Chakravarti, Samrat to, to everyone. And we've actually achieved whatever desires we ever wanted in in our journey. So I'm not limiting it to this lifetime, but I'm saying across lifetimes. And just saying that, okay, I've been there and done that for anything, it just loses its meaning over a period of time. So I'm just giving one practical tip away. You know, I feel, I
4: feel about desire. So you mean the desire of the soul yeah. is uh, achieved no, no. over time? And that
5: soul has achieved no, that my
4: desire in my some life. physical, physical yeah. sense, but my desire of my soul yeah. has been achieved, or has gone through, through this yeah. period of time. So I no longer need not have any
5: more desires. Yeah, and then the second concept yeah. is, it is the same soul in everybody. So that desire is getting fulfilled by somebody. So that's why my example of, you know, different people having different desires, right? If you just accept that, actually, you can be quite blissful and happy. That, okay, someone is getting it, somebody is getting it, I don't need to worry about
1: it.
6: That uh, that actually triggered one more uh, um, uh, thought in me, which is um, maybe there are different levels, right? At one level, we can say that um, maybe the, you know, um, when Rajesh says it's desire, maybe, okay, I want to get this, I want to get this house or I want to get that particular, I want to uh, move to a certain area or travel somewhere. And, okay, if, if let's say that is the case, right? Um, now, that is a desire, sure, but uh, at, at one level, we can think of it as non-binding, saying, okay, I am planning to go there. Well, COVID struck and I cannot go there anymore. I'm going to, go to so, did it bother me when it can, when I had to cancel the plans, when the marriage had to be canceled, or whatever those things are, or was I um, the same? Either way, it happened good. If it did not happen good, because it was beyond my control anyway, I accept it, right? If it is beyond my control, I accept it. So, that is that one level, right? Now, as we progress, I think we start to see that, um, uh, uh the fact that even if we achieve that whatever that we are trying to achieve, let's say we are trying to go to uh, a place or we are trying to achieve or buy a house or whatever that may be, at the end state of that we start to realize that hey, that thing that we are trying so hard to achieve is not going to give me the happiness because I am understand- I have started understanding that that can only give me happiness for a, a limited amount of time, you know whether it's a promotion or something else, Some kind of an achievement or fame or whatever, it's going to give me happiness for a certain period of time. But that's going to go away. That's going to go away. That understanding dawns in us at a certain after some time uh, in this process, and then, because of which we say, yes, I will work towards you know getting whatever it is that I have to do. I understand that I need to do certain things, whether it's uh, taking care of the family or something at work or uh, whatever it may be, but. I'm not tied to that result anymore because I know that the results, no matter what that is, is not going to guarantee me uh, a permanent happiness anyway. Right? So, so, so I do okay. it because that's my duty. But I'll not be tied to that result.
3: So Kishore, yeah. uh, just, just, a thought, just a thought to what you have been talking about. So, okay. you know, acceptance in sort of my mind is it happens to all of us. It is post the event. So if there's failure for example then you kind of you know yeah. your immediate reaction is disappointment then you kind of figure it out in your head you negotiate and then you kind of get to a point where you say fair enough it happened for a good reason right or whatever mm-hmm. right what you're saying is is that or ra- rather are you saying that we should we should be sort of willing to accept at the outset Before. and yeah yes. at the yes. outset say that yes. look you know if this may happen it. this yeah. May, yeah. may not happen right which, which I which I think Correct. I think that's what you're saying. You're right. The, the, the thing which kind of um, kind of you know I I can't sort of seem to, to grasp is if I start with the point that this will happen, this may happen or not happen, right? You know yes. how do I kind of then you know drive myself? be motivated to finish that or to be right. mo- to motivated to do okay. it because at some level you're kind of saying well if it doesn't happen it's okay which is great right from yeah. no a peace of mind perspective but how do I, I kind of drive myself that's, that's, that's the, the next, next chapter, chapter the but, but it's
6: an it, it, amazing question I mean I, I think the subtlety of the question is really uh, I, I'm, I'm happy you brought it up with that you know it's not after the fact But the attitude with which we do it, right, at the outset, at the point of doing anything, it's the attitude, right? The attitude changes because um, we are uh, are motivated by the fact that this is what I am supposed to be doing right now. This is, I've picked, I've picked it, right? Because we have a choice of not doing it, whatever that work is. I have a choice of not going for that promotion or not achieving this particular thing, but I have chosen to do it. Which means I have, uh, I had the freedom of choice, and now I've chosen it. Now the, um, I need to put my full effort into that, be, uh, do whatever it takes within the dharmic context and the ethical context to do that, right? So I do it in a righteous ways. But then, can I say with the attitude of um, of acceptance, no matter what the uh, the results might bring up, right? So, so.
0: In this sense, that is karma yoga. We'll, we, we are going ahead of Arthur, but uh... yeah. Yeah, so I think uh, VP, I think your question still is valid. And I think, uh, you know, at least some of us have not probably understood that very clearly still. So maybe we should just park it for a while. Uh, you know, I yeah. think maybe each one of us have understood it in a different way. Maybe we are not able to articulate it together in a way that all of us can get you know get an aha moment right so let's probably pause it for a moment maybe as we go forward yeah. we it will it'll probably get a little bit more resolved okay so sure. I, I just 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 for uh, completion sake i think the question basically what you're saying is how can not having desire any desires uh, give, mm-hmm. give give us happiness and it's also very difficult not to have any desires that's the question if i understood you right well
7: It's slightly slightly different. I'm saying it says happiness is lack of desires, and my question is, how can you not have desires, right? So if you have desires, then you're not reaching happiness, and that's the conflict or that's the connection I'm missing.
0: Understood. Yeah, we'll do that. Okay, now it's uh, 7:27. I think I just want to pivot the discussions a little bit. So in terms of some of the insights, uh, how many of you uh, have read the insights? What Alpana, Anu, and uh, Ajay, and myself, we wrote on, on and at which we put it on the shared link. Where, where are they? Where are they? I've seen your clip
4: keywords, but Anu yeah. um, and So Alpana, this, this,
0: there'll be a tab, there'll be a tab, a separate tab called uh, uh, I don't remember what is the tab. I name think you called site it site
2: and then there's another one called Keywords, the one that you Yeah. In the, the link,
4: the see, it? in the
0: yeah, link. In the
2: link.
0: It's a, it's
3: a different app
0: yeah different book. I'll just yeah. show you I'll just show you in my screen uh, can you guys see my screen yes yeah. okay yeah okay so if you see this this excel sheet is shared with all of you, you would have got an email long back when we started this group so this uh, this 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 table this this uh, tab called points every week you know I have different co- different color gray or uh, white to distinguish uh, the color. And this week, you know, this is the topic what we're discussing. And here, here is the keywords that we've written down. All the, in the chapter the 6, all the keywords and their quote unquote definition that the way that we understand, I have written, uh, the way that we should read it so that we can understand the concept uh, uh, in the mentioned in the books is written here in this. And here is the insight, uh, uh, insight write-up, okay? So I have written, uh, Alpana has written, then Anu has written and then we have Ajais. So if you have not read this, I encourage you to go ahead and read it. And uh, my initial thought was that maybe we will have time to read this together and one of us at least can read and explain so that others can ask questions. But uh, I feel that, you know, we may not have time. It's already 7.30. Maybe we can spend a couple of minutes to talk. Uh, Anu, you want to go with your uh, thing and uh, read it out and then, uh, you know, explain maybe
2: well, you mine know, is quite clarify. Very, yeah, but mine is, like, super basic for what I... uh, The way I actually apply what I'm reading here is just for, during my day, these questions that we come up with, how has that helped? And, you know, we all want things and that's what I mean by pursuit. You know, we all want certain outcomes, like whether it's like, if I'm reading a book, what do I want? Do I want to read, like, most of the book that I've started today, whether I want to finish cooking by 7 a.m. or could it be that I've started a craft activity and do I want to finish it? Or when I was working full time, did I want to just be like ahead of myself and have all my planning sorted and everything when I went into school? And it isn't that, that is, you know, yes, but there are so many other things that come into play. So for me, as I go through a day, What is it that just helps me get this happiness or contentment or whatever? It's not that I don't want to do it, but it's about enjoying what I'm doing or just being wholly immersed in what I'm doing at this point in time. And I think for me, that is huge for me, for anything that I'm doing. So whether I'm watching a TV show, whether I'm reading a book, whether I'm cooking, whether I'm doing other errands or exercises, just being in the now, I just find that gives me so much of peace in mind to accept. And I'm not, not driven, I am driven. Even though, you know, I, I don't get agitated by the end result of it. And um, I just find it just beautiful. And I must say, I since COVID, this whole um, uh world of podcasts I mean I used to always hesitate to listen to podcasts because I felt I couldn't sustain interest when I was only listening and not looking and um, I have to say like there's this wonderful set of podcasts that I've come across which is uh, from the Boston um, Vedanta Society and uh, I just simply love the options that are available I'm sure there are several others and um, also uh, there's um, there's a beautiful one by Oprah. Um, about, um, you know, different, um, I can't remember which one it is, but it is, a. It is, I think, with Eckhart Tolle. If I remember, he is, um, so she discusses one of his books, and it's just simply wonderful to re- listen to them and just listen to another insight, which is similar to what we are discussing here. And, um, and so that's what I was trying to say. Just accept our limitations. Which doesn't mean that you are just going to sit back and say, "Oh, I can't do it. I can't climb the mountain, and hence I can't go on this trek." But nice, it's just nice. enjoying it, like you know. So when you go on a hike, we are always worried about if I'm going to walk the 20 kilometers or 30 kilometers, and you know, have my 300 meters or 200 feet, 2,000 feet um, ascent in one day. It's okay if I can't. I go for the hike, and I'm just going to enjoy my hike today. That's it or yeah. even if i go for a walk to the beach yeah i'm going to go walking on the beach it's okay if i didn't you know run on the sand like all these other absolute runners do or do my whatever i'm trying you know everyone else is doing but i'm just going to enjoy it for that moment and and if i just accept that and it's just it's been beautiful and i have to say this is not that i just have always felt it My husband pretty much lives his life like that and he just keeps saying accept the inevitability of the moment at that point in time doesn't mean that you shouldn't be driven you shouldn't have ambition it doesn't mean that but if you accept every incremental step or incremental stage you'll be fine or at least that's how I find it extremely um,
0: yeah
2: calming it doesn't agitate me as
0: much. Thank you, Anu. Ajay, Ajay and Dalpana, maybe one of you can also share, and I can also share what I've written. Who wants to go?
3: So, so my my thoughts, uh, Rajesh, were very much, uh, you know, a few things that I write down for my own benefit uh, in my sort of attempt to understand some of the concepts at a certain level in my mind. So, I think what I've what I've kind of in the way I've kind of tried to define the, the I is about what it is and what it is not. Uh, and I think that helped me sort of just get some clarity in my mind. But no, there's no sort of profound uh, sort of thought the way sort of Anupama described in this other than, than summarizing
0: some concepts in my mind which I which I put down in my, in my notes. And I really liked what you wrote because it summarizes clearly uh, 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 what, what you have... Uh, Understood and reinforces some of the messages that you've been reading and it's good to read that because you know Then you know, I also get a sense that okay. Hey, if I miss something, this is what it is. It's very nice Thanks. Yeah. Alpana you are
5: Yeah, um, I can go briefly actually it is more on the process of learning and uh, this is interesting. Uh, Rajan, I went through Swami Sarvapriyananda's lecture, and you know I have read the definition of shravan manan and Nid- 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 Nasan a number of times, where it wasn't as clear as he makes it. Um, and and I thought it was uh, it was at an interesting point in time when we are trying to delve into and rajesh is asking us to write how practically we are using it etc that where does it fit in this uh, shravan manan nididhyasan uh, learning learning routine so so so, so Vipi, when you mentioned that that you know happiness is absence of desire is it literally what it means so that is the shravan part of and what we were doing today was manan you know where everybody was trying to clear the doubt um, so, because after Shravan, I don't think any one of us would be convinced or will believe that this is even possible, right? So, manan is when we will go through these, uh, you know, rounds sort of sessions, clarifying it, maybe reading some up from somewhere else where we get more insight, and and then we'll believe that okay, it is possible. Um, that will be manan, and then nididhyasana is when it will actually dawn upon us that and, and we will be in that desireless state. Um, you know, going through that process of getting to a desireless tra- state would be Nidhikhasan. So, so just keeping these steps in mind while while studying and learning would be,
0: I think, quite useful. No, that, that's very beautifully said, Alpana. So on behalf of uh, BPI, I'm going to ask this question to you. So the question is very simple. Uh, uh, is Manan... A, a practice that we do independently by ourselves uh, or is it that we we take help uh, all the time uh, or is it that we have to do independently
5: i think it's a combination of you may have to go back to Shraman to even read more scriptures or maybe read the same yeah. thing again and again and it is also discussing so i think doing that parasparam um, you know sharing of the information is actually an important step even described in gita where you help even others too, and with the understanding of others, you understand it better too. So it is a combined effort. Um, um, It can be done alone, but it is far more powerful when done with everybody else.
0: Thank you Alparna. Thank you for that. Thank you. So yeah, so I'll go with what I wrote here. So basically, you know, the I was inspired to write uh, uh, as to how this learning helped me change some of my attitudes and my behavior. So that was the thing what I picked up. Of course, there are so many things that you can pick up and write, but you know, being a lazy guy, I just picked one thing and just wrote it. Up. So, VP or, I got to mute you, VP. Sorry, VP, I had to mute you. There is a lot of noise. Okay. So, uh, so here, here is the thing, right? So, the, I think um, what what I uh, what I figured was, you know, as as I as I went through chronologically, growing and understanding, um, one of the things that 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 struck me was that you know, there is there there is always an argument that you can have for doing anything or not doing anything, and nobody can say what is right or what is wrong it all depends on one's perspective of what one, one wants to achieve in their goal, right? So as a kid, you know, I I, I grew up in a Brahmin family and all that, but then, uh, you know, I experimented with meat and my goal at that time was to, to do something out of the ordinary and all that, right? But that goal was met. But over a period of time, it changed because my goals changed, my goals changed now. And then I figured, okay, uh, then the dilemma still was there. Okay, so in both the cases, whether I'm eating a plant-based food or an animal-based food, I have to kill. So, how do I resolve this conflict? There are multiple explanations for this, but one of the explanations that which struck me was that uh, uh, I have to determine, first of all, that, you know, I have to live. That is, a, that is a basic right that I also have as an individual. Which means, if I can do it in the least damaging way, then that's the most beneficial, not only for me, but for the, for everybody else. So, I did some research and logically came to a conclusion that maybe eating plants is right, right alternative. That's one thing. There are other reasons which, uh, you know, uh, which talk about how it influences the mind and all that, but that's not something that I wanted to put as part of this first uh, six chapters of discussions that we had, right? And that, that, was, that was Dharma. First, the first Dharma is, you know, the right conduct, what is it that you need to determine? The second thing was free will. So to, today, I always have a choice. You know, I have the choice, I have the ability to buy any kind of food that I want to eat. But then I'm exercising this choice of what is the right thing for me to do based on this concept, which says that, okay, hey, be the least hurting, less consumerist, and most least damaging to the environment and to yourself. So I'm using that principle here. And at the same time, uh, you know, look at, think of another situation where, uh, let's say, uh, you know, uh, God forbid that uh, I end up in some place where I don't get food for days, the kind of food that I would like to eat, at that point of time, if I can get, if I can get only food that I can't eat, uh, like meat-based products, will I eat or not? And will I have a guilt feeling of eating the food or not? Then the answer for me is very clear, I will not have any guilt of eating that because the basic responsibility that I have towards me is to survive only because there is no options and someone mentioned that you know when there's no choiceless situation you have to do it you do it but you do it without guilt so that was a big learning for me
4: actually uh, Rajesh uh, you know with, uh, with what he just said here you know a lot of questions coming to my mind here You are saying you have to survive, and uh, and because you have to survive, you do certain things which might not be appropriate otherwise for you, but you do it still because you have to survive, and you do it without any guilt. You know, the I mean, this is a very simple example that you gave: uh, vegetarian and non-vegetarian eating meat, not eating lot of people in, in this world are vegetarian and a lot of people in this world are non-vegetarian So either is acceptable for an outsider That's not a big deal But for something, for something, suppose a very poor guy Okay, he out of necessity, not, I'm not talking about, out of necessity he feels something to feed himself Okay, and he does it without any guilt just because to survive he stole it. okay now for an outsider that is an inappropriate thing that he did He did something wrong but for him it is he did something to survive you know because he's poor he needs to eat so he stole stole some food or whatever it may be money whatever it may be because he needed to survive. so there the conflict is coming. Is it appropriate to do always? I mean, where does you know where where do you draw the line here? I mean, food, eating food, vegetarian, non-vegetarian is acceptable worldwide. So if you do either, it doesn't matter. But something like stealing is not acceptable. But if somebody does it to feed himself to survive, then why is it not acceptable?
0: So Good
1: question.
0: No, yeah. great, great question, great question. Be, very good, very good, very good
6: question. Um, uh, in, in the one, I was just reading... Kishore, sorry, uh, Kishore, one minute,
0: Kishore, one minute. Before you go, I think it's 7.43, uh, five minutes we'll stop, uh, we'll finish our discussion, okay?
6: Yeah. Okay, I'll try to be very brief, actually. So, I, I, I was reading about this yesterday. Um, it turns out in the Yoga Sutras, Uh, it was actually turns out it was very related to your question Uh, there is actually uh, seems to be a hierarchy of these things right you know obviously you shouldn't steal uh, is one of the uh, things that is mentioned as one of the yamas right but the highest in that hierarchy is ahimsa right or non-violence non-violence at the level of speech um, thought as well as in actually doing it so in this case um, uh, so that is one thing. So uh, even if they have stolen, but uh, with the in- oh, uh, the second part is the intent. The intent was to survive, right? The intent was not to harm anybody. So that, uh, the intent of the action is very important in this case. That's one part. The second thing is, as long as it didn't harm anyone, given that the intention was good, but then it didn't harm anybody in the process. As long as it didn't do that it will most likely be okay right or at least that's my understanding of it that since um uh it, it hasn't harmed it uh, harmed anybody in the process and Ahimsa being the highest uh, um, kind of quality in that um in the mrs for instance that's how it's explained saying as long as it doesn't harm them um it would be considered okay if the intent is not to benefit yourself in this case right right maybe they've stole a, a loaf of bread so uh, their son can eat or their daughter can eat because they were hungry. So is that bad? So the intent was to feed their children because there was no other way. In the process, it didn't harm anybody uh, in a violent way but, or but anything of that sort.
1: I, I
4: saw it is dropped here. saw so it dropped, but he, he, I mean, if he steals something from somebody, definitely he'll be harming the person from whom he's stealing it because that loaf of bread probably would have earned the other person some money or whatever it is and it is now a loss for him so in a way he has harmed the, other, the person from whom he has stolen it so this, this one point I wanted to mention I mean if you steal something that definitely will harm some from whom you are stealing it because definitely it was of some value to that person if it is of no value to that person then maybe you know, it's okay, but if it is of some value to that person, definitely it
6: will be a loss for yeah. that person. If it's obviously, that is, that, yes. yeah. Yeah, obviously that's
0: yes, yeah, obviously that. a scale of uh, a scale of that. Yeah, yeah I, I think my understanding is, uh, Sonali, that you know there is no right or wrong, and uh, it's yeah. all context-driven, and uh, yeah. uh, that is why it is not very easy to say what is a what is the yeah. right thing to do or what is not the right thing to do in a, in a particular situation. And the way that you articulated that question is very clear. The guy has been struggling, he's been hungry, and he's stolen the bread because it's the only choice that he had, right? Then maybe that the, my understanding would be that maybe yes, he incurs quote unquote uh, he he needs to be punished for that. But maybe the punishment need not be as as uh, rigorous as uh, because the situation was so terrible that you know that he can be if you compare that to somebody else who's who's who's, who's got. Who's everything, but he still steals. Maybe he has to be punished much more.
6: Yeah. Because so there's a difference between someone who steals for their own benefit um, versus somebody who's stealing because there's no other option. That is the difference yeah. in the intention.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And also, yeah, I think the, the one example that's, that always uh, comes back to me is uh, uh, in terms of, uh, you know, murder, right? You know, let's say a situation, and uh, where uh, a, uh, where a murder happens. Okay, I'm using the word murder loosely. Pardon me for that. Where someone uh, uh, someone uh, uh, really goes and shoots someone, or you know, stabs someone. That's one situation. The other situation is a doctor is operating a patient, and the patient dies. So in both cases, murder happens. But who who incurs a punishment, and who doesn't incur a punishment? It's very clear it's the intention of harming the yeah. other person, who has the intention of save the other person so you know okay. the courts are you know even the principles will determine that you know actually the the doctor will not be penalized at all on the contrary the doctor will be praised for trying his best whereas this guy would have been capital punishment so it's a tough question to answer but i guess that this is how people resolve it Yeah.
4: Okay.
0: all right Thank you so much. Let's uh, close with a prayer, and uh, let's start. Oh,
1: Sahanaavabhu, Sahanaubhunabhu, <laughs> <laughs> Bhunabhu, Savijamkarabha, Karabha, Hey may there
0: be happiness everywhere. Enjoy your week. You. we will catch up next week thank you, thank you. Bye.
5: Bye. next chapter